You're listening to The Itch. My name is Casey. My name is Dan. And I'm Aaron. And this week, we are scratching the itch to talk about the Blues. Not the St. Louis Blues hockey team like we normally scratch the itch to talk about. We're getting closer. And we will be soon. Yeah, we are. (laughs) (laughs) We'll we'll be talking about that sooner than later. (laughs) Maybe if a Tarasenko trade ends up Yeah, you know what? Keep hearing that too. <laughs> we'll get to that in due time. In due time, I have been working on the Sports Matters episode in the background. The Sports Matters from two years ago, yeah, right. With all of the super outdated sports talk, it's going to be a classic. Sports that used to matter. Sports that formerly mattered. Yeah, it's going to be a classic episode. <laughs> sports that mattered at the time of recording, but never fit in in any of the clips. I almost just recorded some right now before before this. Because we're talking about the Cardinals. I was like, this is some sports matters chatter and we could use it, (laughs) but it's fine. We're going to talk about the blues in a sense of the musical style and also just like kind of living the blues a little bit. We've got three albums that have come out this year that we're very excited about. And so uh, they all are tied together by that theme. And so we're ready to rock. Yes. I'm going to go ahead and lead it off with the band Blackberry Smoke, and their album, You Hear Georgia. And uh, Blackberry Smoke, you wouldn't really know it, but they've been around for 20 years. (laughs) It's so ridiculous. It's just like uh, Rival Sons, like like six albums before we even found out they were a thing. Yeah. (laughs) Blackberry Smoke is a very interesting band to me because I feel like they would be a way bigger deal than what they are, but they're so much on the fringe of Southern rock and country. Yeah. I think that the country fans, like the true hardcore country fans, don't care for this, the bluesy style that they have. And I think the rock fans don't care for the, the country <laughs> style that they pull out. But, the old I'm a little bit country, you're a little bit rock and roll fan. Yeah, like, exactly. They're too country for the rock and rollers and too rock and roll for the country guys. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> I don't think you could have said it any better. That's exactly what like I wrote down about this album. That's exactly what I was thinking too. Because I mean, there's some songs that I really, really love on this album, but there's yeah. some songs that are just too twangy, and I'm just like, man, I can't get over this. Well, and it, it gets even better because if you remember on their album from 2016, "Like an Arrow," they had the main single off of that, "Waiting for the Thunder." Yeah, "Waiting for the Thunder." And uh, we got all excited and got their album, and the rest of the album was not like that song. <laughs> oh, it was very twangy. It was very uh, country-ish, and we just really did not enjoy it at all. <laughs> you know, they've released quite a few singles since uh, since 2009 or so, and actually only one of them has officially charted. Right. Uh, and it was on the country airplay charts, and that was Pretty Little Lie from... 2013's uh, Whippoorwill. Yes. And so uh, they definitely live in both of those worlds. One thing I learned on their Wikipedia that fits totally into what you're saying, they've been a supporting act for Eric Church and the Zach Brown Band, very prominent country artists, as well mm-hmm. as ZZ Top and Leonard Skinner, who are pretty much like about the godfathers of what, I, what you'd call Southern rock. Yeah. And so, As well as the Allman Brothers. <laughs> and the Allman Brothers, yes. So, I mean, they're definitely in the midst of, of that that scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, they, they like you said, they're just kind of walk the fine line and they it's like they just can't choose whether or not they want to be Southern rock or whether or not they want to be country. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I was I, you can definitely tell that they're influenced by bands like the Allman Brothers and Skinner because they just they're kind of that jam bandy style. When they bring in like the backup chorus singers too. Yeah, and I mean, even on this on this album, track six features Warren Haynes, who's the uh, guitarist of the Alma Brothers. And and I have to say, like, it's now like a rite of passage to be a Southern rock band. You have to have Warren Haynes appear on your album. <laughs> he's the Jacoby Shaddix of Southern <laughs> yeah, rock. He's totally. It's it's you no call joke. him in, call him in, and he legitimizes you. <laughs> That's fantastic. 
the other song that has a feature, uh, Jamie Johnson is a country artist, and that song is straight country. Yeah, that was the one I, I wrote down. I was like, I can't, oh my God, this is just twang. This is all twang. <laughs> if you haven't k- gathered, the it's just not a terribly uh, country um, loving crew overall. No, especially all, more like, modern sounds. Uh, yeah. It is it is my least favorite music in the world. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I mean, can understand that. I, I I like I like some hip hop. You know, I like some pop music. I, I, I there is you. I, there's not been one damn country song. You know, back I can, okay. I will say back in the day, like back early '90s, like when Garth Brooks was at his prime, and mm-hmm. and you had Billy Ray Cyrus, and you you know, We'd rather I did like that. some of those country artists, but now <laughs> like it's just I it's it's so much different. Like I don't I don't care for country at all. We'd rather forget the achy breaky song. <laughs> Quick, quick plug. Stay tuned. Uh, in a couple of weeks, KC and I will be guesting on another podcast in which Billy Ray Cyrus uh, is a topic of conversation, yeah. and you will get to enjoy that. We will let you know when when the day comes. All the details. <laughs> All those details. Yeah. Hopefully, she'll be uh, guesting on a, a upcoming show for us as well. But uh... that's true. Back back to regularly scheduled programming. I want to make one note that I found very entertaining in regards to all of their, you know, this kind of genre hopping kind of thing. Uh, a couple of years back, they released a live album yeah. on Earache Records. So the two two notes about Earache. For one, it is the new home of Skindred, the Itch's favorite band. <laughs> and for two, Earache Records is known, particularly when it started, for releasing records by very extreme metal bands. All right. So... I mean, it's called earache for a reason. Like this was like <laughs> making your ears bleed, kind of like like just vicious music. And then, so the fact that these guys released an album on that label gave me great joy. <laughs> I'm like you, They've... you have to be the most like family friendly thing that has ever been on that label, <laughs> yeah. like all ages kind of music. <laughs> well, and they've they've label hopped like five or six times throughout their existence. So uh... it's true. <laughs> Their first label that they were on was called Bama Jam, which makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the second one was called Southern Ground, which is also, uh, I mean, they're, even the labels they're on, you know, lend themselves to, <laughs> to this stuff. <laughs> but I do have to say, like, this album, You Hear Georgia, it's great. Like, it really is a, a good Southern rock album. Um, like I like we kind of mentioned, there's a couple of songs in there that are really twangy, and uh, that's definitely not my favorite on on the album but like it starts off with like a really really good track called um live it down and then the second track is you hear georgia and then like i feel like hey delilah is (laughs) it's like almost every every southern rock song like every southern rock band has a song like hey delilah you know what i mean like i can't quite like it just sounds like every prototypical southern rock song about a girl yeah hey delilah definitely (laughs) sounded like three or four separate songs to me um, as well as uh, track seven, old enough to know, sounded a lot like Bob Dylan blown in the wind. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was really great. I mean, it ends with a really good song too, uh, uh, "Old Scarecrow." Yes. I mean, there's probably maybe two, maybe three twangy songs better than those three songs. I I, I really enjoyed the entire album, like so much so, like like you said, you kind of mentioned the previous album, like we were thoroughly disappointed and honestly if it wasn't for uh i guess social media or or uh youtube music basically or whatever song that was on like track wise no i was gonna say like if it wasn't for for the app forcing this whole album down my throat oh (laughs) i probably wouldn't have even given a chance because i was so disappointed by the last album like i it just i i didn't think that you know their last album gave me the impression that they were more so a country band as opposed to uh, a southern rock band and but this this album is is probably 80 percent southern rock with maybe t- you know 20 percent country yeah. even so i believe that makes it the most country album that the itch has ever discussed on this podcast probably it is it is <laughs> almost certainly by far and actually the like an arrow is two albums or it's it's been yeah, they did find since then. <laughs> find a light in between and some yeah. live stuff and whatever. Well, so there oh. you go. Like obviously we haven't heard anything. <laughs> like, 
I didn't even know that they had albums came come out in between. Yeah. I want to note, um, I just, I want, I don't want to just keep harping on the same point, but I just find it so entertaining. So I'm going to come back to this again. So holding all the roses and like an arrow, uh, they're 25, 15 and 2016 albums. Both went supposedly, uh, peaked at number one on the U S country albums charts, as well as the UK's the UK. rock and <laughs> yeah. metal albums charts. <laughs> so at the same time, they were charting in different continents in different genres. That's yeah. crazy. And, but <laughs> like, then to the point where I don't know that I've ever heard them on a country station here in St. Louis. Not that I listen to country that often in St. Louis, but but I'm just saying. I couldn't even tell you what the country dials are in St. Louis. Like, <laughs> no idea. It's yeah. wild. I'd have to look a little more into it. Like their overall like reported record sales aren't anything crazy. No, um, not even the listenership on Spotify, really. No, and so they. they I don't. I don't know what to make of them as as artists, other than they seem like, you know, they're just some guys who like what they do and they're going to keep on doing it as long as they can kind of thing. Well, if you see the music videos, they look like they've been doing it for a long time too. <laughs> they, they look like 20 years. Yes. <laughs> In fairness, a lot of the bands that we listen to and talk about have been going for at least 20 years. Now. This is oh, true. Shit. We've been going for almost 20 years. We've been going for almost 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> My next episode idea I was going to tell you guys about was about, albums that were turning 20 years and so oh boy nonetheless though and also i feel like if you're a southern rocker like probably long i don't I haven't seen these guys but probably long beards and stuff are part of the the vibe and the visual yeah and so or at least long hair i mean or both if you still got enough hair i think they got it all so they, <laughs> which 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 the point to that being said that that i think that generally makes someone look older when you have the big long beard yeah, um, yeah no, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Not the beard Dan's going for, which will be a, which will be braid beard, but <laughs> just, it's coming in. He's working on it. Yeah. <laughs> Dan's hair is very dark, and his beard will be braided, so it will not make him look older per se. <laughs> just make him look Mongolian. It yeah. might make him look Mongolian. <laughs> He's really trying to 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 be the Who for Halloween. That would be awesome. <laughs> it, it won't be long enough. Won't be long enough for that by Halloween. There's no doubt. There's no way. <laughs> Special shout out to whoever listens to us in Mongolia. Right. Yes. <laughs> we, we somehow chart on Mongolia's music commentary charts. And I love that. So whoever's listening to us, hit us up. We want to know who you are because you're great. Yeah. We, we, we love being listened to all around the world. It's great. <laughs> I have no idea how that's happening. This country music thing probably isn't doing us any favors in Mongolia. No, but... because they're because they know that their music is better than that crap. That's true. They have <laughs> they have the who the hu exactly. But that's not actually a slight. We're talking about Blackberry Smoke because we enjoyed this album. We would not just be here I to didn't razz on Blackberry it. Smoke. I slighted country music. There's a difference. <laughs> that's that's a big difference. That's true. <laughs> also, I I want to note that Blackberry Smoke probably smells really good. I don't know about the band, but the concept of Blackberry Smoke. <laughs> like, where are you going with this? <laughs> I was I was listening to it. Like they're very there's a lot of senses going on here. There's talking about you hear Georgia. I'm like I don't know what Georgia sounds like aside from probably this album, and and then they're called Blackberry Smoke. I'm like oh that sounds nice. Like <laughs> I just instantly hear Ray Charles's voice. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, so. Speaking of, while while Blackberry Smoke, the concept, not the band, probably smells good, um, things that might not smell good, and this is also not a slight, but just the best joke I can make at the moment, is uh, people who just travel from town to town and busk in the streets uh, and are hippies. And that leads us to my artist <laughs> that I wanted to bring to the table here is a man by the name of Cam Cole. Uh, he is from London, and he is a singer, songwriter, and street busker um, who who basically roams around performing on the streets and doing a one man show. And I have no idea how the man actually smells. I don't want to. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to like actually insult. That's not the point. But but his music is fantastic. It's this great combination of I would call it blues and grunge. Really, yeah. yeah. It's very much of the grunge variety. 
he has these nasty guitar licks mixed in with stuff. And on top of that, like I mentioned, he's a one man band. So he plays guitar and sings. He's mastered this thing that I'd never heard of until I discovered him. And that's called the foot drum. In particular, there's a notable brand called Farmer Foot Drums. And this thing, you know, you've seen cajones and stuff you can hit. You've seen I've seen people that have a bass drum in a suit in a like a suitcase or something. Mm -hmm. This is a full on drum set with actual hi hats, a snare, a bass, some other cymbals all on the ground that you tap with your feet. And this man plays that and his guitar and sings his his melodies and stuff all at the same time. He's known, I can't verify, maybe our UK listeners can give us more insight onto this, but he supposedly is really one of uh, London's most famous and recognizable uh, street performers. And he has now become a full-fledged recording artist and is about to embark, like as we speak up for this recording, on his first like legitimate tour throughout yeah. the UK. And... That's pretty exciting. Yeah. Tell me what you guys thought of this. This album is, I forgot to mention this. His album is called Crooked Hill. I think it's his second or third. And it came out on July 30th. And I, I for one, love it. How do you guys feel about this album? Funny thing. When you told me that his album came out, I didn't realize, I didn't know what the name of it was. And so I just looked up an album and listened to uh, the first one that I listened to, which was I See. That was a great album. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're like, oh, crap, it's not the right one. Yeah. You know, <laughs> in no, fairness, they look the same. Like, visually. They do. His yeah. albums have this like hand-drawn, black-and-white, yeah. shaded art kind of look to them. And, and so, uh, you know, it, it really got me interested in hearing the new album because I See was great. Like, it was a fantastic album. Um. And so, yeah, I, I really did like Crooked Hill. I will say that I don't know if I liked it as much as I see because there was a lot more distortion on this album. Yeah. That mm-hmm. that was the one thing that just drove me nuts was he uses distortion. And I'm, I'm fine with the distortion on the guitar. That's fine. But like the distortion Vocals. on his voice. Yes. Yeah. The, oh, that yeah. Drove me nuts. Uh, it drove me nuts. I was going to point out the song High as a highlight of the album. But <laughs> that's one where I think he uses the distortion a lot. And so I bet that's one of the ones that you're thinking of (laughs) my favorite on the album was awareness like i don't know it's just like the guitar lines on this reminded me a lot of uh johnny five from rob zombie oh john five uh and some collective soul as well i'd never thought about that either of those comparisons a lot of the album to me especially the opening track sounded a lot like soundguard hmm wow that's interesting these are notable artists that you are, yeah, that you're drawing comparison to here. Well, and the other thing that I picked up on a couple of songs too, like heavy, um, heavy to me sounds like they like he straight ripped off Helmet. He did, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, definitely, like we've been saying, the the '90s grunge with, yeah. with Soundgarden, Helmet, okay. Bush, kind of early Bush kind of had similar sounds and some collective soul in there. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I agree. It's definitely that, that that's a good, good way to phrase it. Like I definitely, it's re- very reminiscent of like nineties grunge blues kind of stuff. And mm. I, I loved it. I mean, there's really not a bad track on here. And it's one of those albums you can put <laughs> on and just kind of get lost in. And it's, it's really funny. Cause like, you know, and I did that a couple of times where I just put it on. I, I, you know, wouldn't really realize what song I was on until awareness came out. I was like, oh, that's my song right there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then I'd keep getting, you know, get lost back into it until the last track. And then I was just yep. like, oh, yeah, because I'd be work. I was working, you know, listening to this. And then uh, the last track, just to let you know, is called Fuck You, Motherfucker. And um, <laughs> uh, let me tell you, it was a great song to listen to while I was working. I want yeah. to know a couple of things. One of them is that that track on Spotify, Bandcamp, and probably everywhere. That title of that track is mm-hmm. edited all by the, the pound key, the hashtag yeah. sign. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he uh. uses that for the whole thing. <laughs> I also want to note that that it, going back to that drum thing, the track Heavy that you just mentioned, like the first half of that track is pretty much a drum solo mm-hmm. before yeah. the lick kicks in and turns into the helmet song. It's great stuff. It's so, so much fun. I'm just impressed by people. Like we've talked about our appreciation for two-man bands in previous episodes. I'm very impressed by a guy who can get this full and good quality of music just by himself. 
um, which we'll come back to pseudo solo artists in just a minute. Mm-hmm. But yep, uh, yep, yep. but also playing all this crap at the same time. Yeah, is, yeah. it's just that that never ceases to amaze me. The one man band concept. Have have we talked about a a one man band on the show so. before either? No, not that I'm aware. Do we know any other one man bands? Because I sure as hell don't. I really don't. This guy's like I said, he's a street busker, which is kind of unique to to his, you know, identity. And then also to the stuff we talk about, he might be the first. He's going to be hard to top if there's any others out there, but they should try. You know, I will say that it'd be interesting to see his solo show, but I don't know, like if he continues to do like big stages and stuff like if he can, can, if he'd really be able to keep up the one man act because you're not going to have very good stage present when you're sitting down on it. I mean, I mean, you can, I guess, but his songs have a lot of energy. It'd be, you know, it'd be yeah. nice to have, be able to get up and stuff. But on one hand, I do, I think that, you know, that's how he's drawn his, that's how he's kind of become known is for, you know, managing to put on a captivating live show by himself. Uh, to that point, I did see a couple videos and I'm, it, it's highly possible that this is also what he's doing on tour where he did have a drummer with him. Yeah. That would make sense. It's not all the time, only ever just by himself, but by yeah. and large. So yeah, I'm, I, my guess is he brings a drummer when he goes on a real tour. And that makes sense. Cause like you said, like, you know, a song like heavy, you know, he could start that out himself. And then once it kicks into the song, he could get up and the drummer kicks in, you know, That's that true. would make sense. Yeah. It's, it's a great album. Like it's, I'm really glad that, that we discovered this. You know, I don't know if I liked it as much as you, you seem to like it, but uh, <laughs> and I, I said I, I, it's really crazy because I, I think I probably would have liked this a little bit more had I not listened to IC first. Yeah. <laughs> On the plus side, <laughs> what that so means weird. is that this guy's got at least two good, fully good albums happening right here, which is great to start with if you're going to well, recommend I, them. Yeah. I, mean, I haven't even heard IC yet. Not the whole thing, just a few tracks. I really liked it because it was it was just not as distortion you know there wasn't as much distortion using he's he used his voice mm-hmm. it's just a little bit more bluesy than this one was but they're both really good albums like you said this is a very great up-and-coming artist that uh, i'm really excited to hear a lot more from this year to me has been full i've been discovering a lot of of mm-hmm. newer artists and i'm excited to talk about more of them in the future um, but this one is going to rank pretty high for me on overall albums because it's one of one of the ones I'm most likely to go back to and listen to some more as a quick side note, because I want to ma- make sure we cover this before we we go on. Um, have either of you guys seen the show Ted Lasso? No, I, I know of the show, but I have not watched any of the seasons. I, I want to watch it, but it's on Apple and nobody has that shit. <laughs> it's a Jason Sudeikis <laughs> uh, show that is on Apple. It's gaining popularity. I think it's going to be one of those ones kind of like Schitt's Creek where like it's not immediately popular when it first comes out. But then a few years later, everybody's talking about it and loves it. If I want to give a high endorsement, I've only watched the first four or five episodes of Ted Lasso, but it's great so far. He's one of the most (laughs) Ted Lasso. The character is one of the most um, endearingly optimistic people I've seen in a show in a long time. Well, I think it's great that it's based off of a commercial, <laughs> like, like the whole character you know showed what? up on a commercial. Let's go on this tangent for a second, and then I'll <laughs> tell you why I brought this up. Tell tell me about this commercial, because I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, Hold on, I have to look it up now. Are you sure the commercial didn't feature him after the show had come out? Oh, no, the commercial was first. Okay. I don't know if Ted Lasso is an SNL character. I don't think so. The show doesn't no. give me that SNL show movie vibe at all. but. Uh, He's a lovable dude. He's a soccer coach. Well, he becomes a, a soccer coach across the pond in the UK. And and it was it was NBC Sports. It was it was a uh, NBC Sports commercials. And they they did the just talking about playoffs or, and stuff. And he would just say random shit that a coach should <laughs> probably say, but doesn't say. But <laughs> Fair enough. OK. And then they created this the TV show off of it. All right. Well, that, that kind of works. It was, I think, specifically for the English Premier League. Ah, that makes sense because he's coaching in the English Premier League. So <laughs> all, of, all of that to say, um, in episode four of Ted Lasso season one, there's an episode where the owner of this, this soccer franchise um, is coasting like a gala kind of thing. And she's supposed to get Robbie Williams 
to come perform and is unable to. And so Ted has to kind of step in and he's like, I'll find you an artist to perform at this thing. Earlier in the episode, he just happened to walk past this street busker on his way (laughs) to the show or on his way to somewhere. And so this whole rant is to state that Cam Cole's probably biggest claim to fame is that he has an appearance in the television show Ted Lasso. um, And he performs one of his songs. I can't remember which one. I think it's Mama. It's something from IC, I believe. And it's fantastic. He plays like a good chunk of the song in the show. And it's awesome there, too. And I'm happy that he can live forever having that moment. And I hope that many people discover him and his music for that. So if you've seen that episode, this is the guy, the same guy that we're talking about. He's a legitimate musician who makes legitimate albums now. And uh, and the music is great. Also, just watch Ted Lasso in general. Listen to Cam. Watch Ted. Have yourself a day. See, but the thing is, like, in order to watch Ted, you'd have to have Apple TV, and that who the hell wants that for one I show? Mean, that's that's There's ways around it. There are ways around it. I'm not going to suggest what any of them are, but it, where there's a will, there's a way when it comes to streaming television. At this point, <laughs> this is true. So. <laughs> All, that was a very roundabout way to get to that cameo mention, but it was worth it because I kind of wanted to just talk about that show for a while because I've been I've been enamored with it. <laughs> but speaking of uh, one man bands, that leads us from Cam over to Dan's selection for this blues rock roundup. Yes, you can argue that it might not be considered blues, but the subject of this album is definitely blues. Uh So I'm going to be talking about Mammoth WVH, the self-titled album by Wolfgang Van Halen and his new band, uh, which he plays every single instrument. He so in the music video for Don't Back Down, he actually starts. It's really funny because he comes in and he starts playing a song and he kind of nods to himself, who's also playing like a different (laughs) instrument and nods to himself playing the drums. And so it's it's just really funny because like the you. You think for a second, you actually think that it's a a different person. And you're like, no, wait, that's the same guy. (laughs) (laughs) That is the same guy on every single instrument. (laughs) It's fantastic. Wolfgang Van Halen, the son of the late Eddie Van Halen, who passed away last year, regarded as one of the greatest rock guitarists of all time. And Wolfgang, he followed in his father's footsteps. The kid, as far back, there was an interview I I saw in 2006, Mm -hmm. Eddie Van Halen telling Howard Stern that his son had unmatched musical talent that he could basically play anything. So it's like, that's big shoes to fill. And I don't think he directly tries to fill them per se, but the man's talent definitely passed on to the next generation. Yeah, And this, this whole album, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy to me because while this is a fantastic album, it it makes me wonder what the next album is going to be about because, you know, this whole thing is, like kind of a tribute to his dad, or at least just dealing with the situation when his father passed away or, or just the, the situation over the last couple of years in his life and his relationship with his father. Yeah. And Wolf for anyone unfamiliar was, had been the bassist of Van Halen mm-hmm. for the past few years and obviously was incredibly close to his father. They seemed by all accounts to have a great relationship. So when he passed, Mammoth, I believe he actually said that Mammoth was like the original name of Van Halen or something like that. I don't know that story entirely. I don't know the story entirely either, but I did see that article where when he was a kid, he just thought Mammoth was a really cool name for a band. So, Which it is. Yeah, I'm going to name my band that. So he's following through with it. (laughs) The name is so cool that there actually is another band called Mammoth, which is which is probably half of the reason why the WVH is there. The yeah. other reason being that it still largely is a side project to of Wolfgang Van Halen, and hence his name being on there isn't the worst thing for marketing purposes. I'm pretty sure Mammoth is like a metal band too. It like is. Yeah. Hardcore yeah. metal band. If you're, I feel like that's a good name for a metal band, or in this case, yeah. for a big dude. Like, I mean, he, he's, I'm not exactly <laughs> by any means, but he's a big dude. Yeah. We're all big um, dudes. We, we, that's right. I th- you know. It's funny. It's like when I saw that, I was like, "Man, uh, this dude looks like he could be my best friend." Like, <laughs> right. right? Wolfgang Van Halen looks like us. Like he should be on our show anytime. <laughs> he would fit in perfectly. And if I had a band and it was called Mammoth, I would be pretty excited about that too. As a sweet band name, uh, it, it was kind of a solo project that he was doing prior to to yeah. Eddie's p- passing. 
And then, you know, he kind of, yeah, he kind of took that and was like, okay, I'm going to, this is what this album is going to be. It's going to be a therapeutic kind of forward motion for him. Hence blues rock. as Yeah. You know, the album itself is great. I will say that I feel it's a bit top heavy. You know, the first tracks one through seven are solid. They're all great tracks. You'll be the one is probably the weakest track out of those seven track eight is in my opinion kind of boring uh, which is called circles it's a bit grungy but you know after that i think like the big picture has like a, a good southern rock riff kind of reminds me of blackstone cherry mm-hmm. uh but yeah then there's just like a couple of them that just fade back in like think it over it's just a mad song um a feel other than the awesome drum solo that it has is just kind of a you know just another decent song um Stone, I wanted this. I don't know if you saw this. I, that one re- reminded me of like a Chevelle guitar riff. Like that was one thing I, fo- I felt was very interesting. Is like I, I get that he's definitely Eddie Van Halen's son. There's a couple of tracks where you can hear the fingers uh, fretting. You know that Van Halen was uh, known for, mm-hmm. right? Famous yeah. for. But this this guy, he he's got several influences, and and he he's got several different. Um, sounds like almost every song just kind of sound like a different artist or just a i was gonna say a different influence yeah i was gonna say the same thing that um you know eddie had his own signature kind of sound and style i think that this album really for better or worse i'll get into my personal opinions later but uh really runs the gamut of like hard or like heavy rock like alternative rock whatever you want to call it sounds i also want to note the the track the big picture you just mentioned starts with the line that's how the hustle goes which is also the first line in jimmy world's authority song i don't know if that was a thing where he's a fan and he was like let me just slide this in here real quick i would if i were an artist i would totally take small lines from bands from other songs yeah and slide them in there as just little kind of nods i also want to note that this is definitely one of my contenders for album art of the year uh it's some it's this painting thing of a a massive crab uh and just a businessman watching this crab throw cars around in a parking lot he's not even watching him he's looking off to the side he's side side he's 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 trying to pretend he doesn't see a giant crab lifting cars in the parking lot i'm Um, just waiting for my bus ride dude it's worth noting that um that piece of art this is not the first album it's been on. I can't okay. remember the title. Yeah, I can't what? remember the album, that, the artist before that had it. Um, we posted on Twitter months back. I posted on Twitter something about how about liking this album. And somebody said something effective like, yeah, it's a shame he took that album art from such and such. And I don't remember who it was, but they posted <laughs> they posted the album art to verify. And I, I Googled it some more and I was like, yeah, sure enough, somebody else used that, that thing first. But you know what? You know, it, let's cut the guy a break. He couldn't get he couldn't just be full on mammoth because that was already taken. <laughs> I'm going to let him have this album art that some lesser band used. He could, <laughs> couldn't like, even change it to a squid thrown. They yeah, probably paid the artist. Changed it like make a bus or something that he's picked <laughs> up. Or... They, yeah, they probably both just paid the artist who made it for the rights to use it. And he was probably unaware that somebody else had. He most likely saw it somewhere else. Not a big deal at all. Still one of the coolest pieces of album art that I've seen in a long time. But worth noting. Um, <laughs> he borrows his band name, his art, and his musical styles from throughout rock, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's it's funny because listening to this album, for me personally, it it's not so much that it sounded exactly like this, but it made me miss Red Sun Rising. Yeah. That's a good comparison, especially songs like The Distance or uh, Resolve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. It, it sounded a lot like um, some Red Sun Rising songs that I, I really enjoy with some Eddie Van Halen riffs in the songs. Mm. <laughs> well, you know, the song Mammoth itself, like the title track, it's a great mm-hmm. song. There's some really good solos in there. That would be a song that I would love to see him play live. And and I would hope that he would, and I'm, I'm going to explain this, but I hope that he would Kid Rock it. And what I yeah. mean by that, when I saw, well, back when Kid Rock was good, uh, 
You got to go really far back, really far back, <laughs> back in like 2000, back with, with one album, Devil Without a Cause. Came I was going to say maybe that That's one it. album. <laughs> just that one album. I so. hate Kid Rock. He's the worst. I'm just going to openly say that. <laughs> He's fucking terrible. I'll admit that. But So anyway, back when that one album came out, I got to see him tour and he he was touring with fucking Josie and Josie that that fucking show was amazing. Oh, my God. It was so awesome. One of the coolest parts in the show was Kid Rock actually like went around playing a solo on every single instrument on the stage. It was amazing. Nice. It was really impressive. It was super. He, he just showed off how talented he was. And then you had Josie running around on stage, rocking it out. Oh, my God. It was just it was an awesome show. But so that's what I'm saying. Like, I would love to see. Wolfgang, you know, at some point during the song Mammoth, just go around rocking out solos on every single instrument during that song. It would just be awesome. I would note that Mammoth itself might be my favorite track on this album. I think it's definitely one of the highlights. Yeah, I honestly, I, I don't know if I could pick one track that I liked over any of my. There's a couple that are really, really, really liked, and then there was some that are just you know were okay. Like Don't Back Down was great, but my issues are a lot of his choruses are just very repetitive yeah Mm -hmm. that's because i I really liked it but i just feel like if he i don't know if he maybe would have spent a little bit more time or maybe his producer would have pushed him a little bit more uh, to just not be as repetitive because like that's that's my big issue with like don't back down the distance Uh, they're great songs but they just are just a bit on the repetitive side for me yeah if it just would have expanded just a little bit more yeah and I, I following up on that, I wanted to make sure we got the positive out before I got into any actual <laughs> complaints, because I think my opinion of this one is is lower than probably you guys and really critics. It really got good critical reviews mm-hmm. um, like it was it was favorable pretty well across the board. What's to it me, tell you about your opinion then, Aaron? Yeah. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't hey, matter what your opinion is. <laughs> hey man, some of the, some of the best movies out there get 20% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes because it all depends on what you're looking for in a movie. I could even help the it. even the movies that get a 1% still get watched just because they want to watch a shitty movie. There's there's room for that. And I'm by no means saying that this album is bad. I actually wanted to lead with something positive, which is that I the not joking when we talk about how talented this kid is like he can play all these instruments and he can play them very well especially like in just terms of technical proficiency these are solid riffs they are like everything is played well and sounds competent to me i think this album is too long and i you meant dan mentioned it being top heavy i start to check out about Probably about that point, probably soon after Mammoth, to be honest, because there does come a point where it it all sounds starts to sound a little samey, even though they are moving around. It's I don't know Mm -hmm. how to put it. Maybe it's just it falls a little bit into just like all purpose rock music. Like there's not much about this that I'm like, I got to go back to that or I'm I'm going to go back and listen to this album in in 20 years. There's going to be tracks here that I can't get out of my mind. I don't I don't see that happening. I think it's very technically good, but I don't personally find it very memorable, and I do find it kind of long. I think had they done a little bit more solos, hmm. like length, lengthy solos in a lot of the songs, I think it would have kind of broken it up a little bit, but they didn't. And that could be a thing that he gets into more as he evolves as well, because he mentioned specifically that he, especially on this album at this particular time, didn't want to just you know, mm-hmm. ape his dad's sound and, and Eddie was known for some insane solos. And so I could see that being a thing that, that Wolf, you know, adds in more as time goes yeah, by, maybe he'll kind of turn more into his dad rather. But he, at this point I could totally understand not wanting to just feel like a carbon copy, wanting, wanting to pay tribute while yeah. also having your own sound. And his sound is definitely distinct. It does. This does not sound like a Van Halen album, as I think one of you guys said earlier. Yeah, I agree with I agree with all of that. And um, I also liked how Wolfgang, there were a couple of songs he structured, not like your typical song, like Don't Back Down, for instance. It has like verse, chorus, breakdown and then verse, chorus and the song ends. It's just it's just it's just different. It's nice. Nice to see, like, just kind of I don't know if you, you say experimenting, but just doing something different and structuring songs, not your typical 
uh, you know, chorus, chorus, yeah. breakdown. You know, yeah. So I, I did like that. I did like how he just tried. I don't know. Like I said, tried something different, or or just maybe was just that, that's how he felt that that song needed to go. I don't know. <laughs> It's worth also noting that the Wolfgang Van Halen is the only official member of the band. He does have a touring lineup, kind of like we mentioned with Cam, although more developed. He kind of pulled in some friends from that rock world that he knows and lives in. He's got a guitarist that was that used to be part of Slash and Miles Kennedy's band, a uh, bassist that used to be, that's from a band called Falling in Reverse, uh, and the drummer he pulled from Mark Tremonti's band, which. Uh, Wolfgang himself was also the bassist of. And so, I mean, that's interesting. Not only did he have Eddie, but you talk about like Tremonti and stuff like Miles Kennedy slash. This guy's been around guitarists a lot. Yeah. <laughs> he is. Well, he I just mean, had. His dad was considered guitar god, like right. one of the greatest of all time, you know, probably next to like Clapton and jimmy page and shit like because yeah. just he just was unique he was he had his own style you knew it um yeah and he invented like a new type of solo basically like he was a trendsetter and just kind of like tom morrell like he just did stuff that people were not doing at the time and i'm sure that like you know wolfgang is doing great things and it it's hard i hope that he doesn't feel like he's got to do that it has to be like a trendsetter it has to do something new because it's it's all been done by now i mean you know it's that was 50 years ago that his dad was doing that shit like it's everything's been done i felt you know like there's there's a couple of things that like you can maybe pull out your rear and and come up with something unique but there's a reason why there's a joke called simpsons did it simpsons did it yeah well and that's kind of what i was saying in, in terms of my review of this album is i don't think he's doing anything particularly original or unique but i think he is what he's doing he's doing well and so and then like i said he's had he had eddie he had not only eddie but he had all these other musicians around him that he's performed with and known and stuff from that world and so the man has just grown up with like an insane amount of mentors in yeah. the music world and so i mean the expectations are high but the foundation is is also really high for him to be continually successful i will say that i think if he's gonna have I think it would be in his best interest uh, to lay off feeding the trolls on Twitter because <laughs> he's, he seems to be very sensitive to criticism there and will poke back when people poke him. And I think as somebody best, who best to I, just I, let it go <laughs> I, in general, I shouldn't it may, it's probably pretentious for me to give him advice considering the life he's lived and, and the world he's lived in. But it just does seem like, you know, you're Eddie Van Halen's son. Now you are a you know a, a uh, successful and respect respectable musician in your own right. You're you're gonna have people saying dumb things at you, and you're gonna have to your your life will surely be happier if you can just ignore it. Well, and it's but, the internet. There's dumb people on the internet all the time. That's true. Yeah, but that's that's why I don't <laughs> feed the trolls as a saying. And so there's very many. Yeah, and you can't fix stupid. That's the problem. There's that as well. There's that as well. Like you're not gonna change somebody's mind by fucking arguing with them over the internet. Like that's yeah, haters gonna hate. Yep, and and Wolf has his haters. Uh, frankly, mostly for no good reason because you know how that's course. also how the internet is. Yep. People should probably leave the kid alone. He's doing good stuff. Let him but be. That's why they're called <laughs> haters. That's I suppose that they is the definition. Just because they want to hate. <laughs> they hate. Okay, that's that's you're not wrong. We did not. We did not hate. <laughs> We did not. I did not hate any of these albums. No, no, they were I, great. Otherwise, we wouldn't have talked about them for one. That's right. I enjoyed my <laughs> listens to all of them um, enough to talk about them. <laughs> and so and kudos to Dan for coming up with the theme for this one. The whole idea of a, of a blues rock roundup. And the funniest part about that is I came up with the idea and I'm the one who really fucking hates sub organizing these uh, genres <laughs> like that's categorizing. True. Like, I, I can't stand many, you know, like the blues rock or alternative rock I, I like calling it all rock but in this case like these were definitely bluesy type albums they're you know uh very unique artists and and i thought that, that i just wanted to get a chance to talk about them because i've been listening to mammoth since it's come out and uh you know cam cole we just discovered recently and so yeah that's what i love doing is getting 
artists out there at least talking about artists and and trying to uh share the word about things that i've discovered and, and these guys have been fantastic it's fun when we can tie in three albums with a, a theme of some sort yeah yeah last week's uh 10 year anniversary episode and the week before that the eps the sounds of those rock bands and and also the beastie boys were all over the place <laughs> <laughs> so which is cool there's i think there's room for that diversity and room for some more thematic stuff so you know i'm always happy to do a rock roundup that uh that kind of has a thread that that flows through the bands that we pick so in this case in one way or another these bands were all these artists are all singing the blues so let us know what you think. Is there a blues rock album that's come out this year that we didn't talk about or that maybe we should know about? Uh, we definitely want to know your thoughts about these albums and some other ones that we might have missed. That is correct. I would love to see some of these artists on tour. I don't know how much that's going to happen, especially <laughs> especially because for me, mostly I'd like to see Cam and he's across the pond, but also because of COVID which continues to spike and, and lead to cancellations that that uh, everywhere, fest- everywhere. That festival episode that we did a couple weeks ago, gone. <laughs> well, the festivals <laughs> are still happening, but a number, a number of the artists that I most wanted to see have, have canceled nine inch nails, uh, Deftones. They've called, they've called it a day for, for 2021. Still, not, re- still seems okay. I was going to say, and have been replaced by bands that currently have COVID. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Or are probably going to get it, yeah. Like CMFT. CMF for CMFT. He caught the COVID with Knotfest right around the corner. It seems like he's going to be all right. And stating this definitely dates the episode, but that's fine. They're not all evergreen. Um, (laughs) But all that to say, The Itch, (laughs) we're going to capitalize on this. We just released released a mask that we've talked about for a long time. And in my opinion, it looks pretty awesome. I'm really excited for it. Yes. The concept that we've discussed forever, the resting itch face mask, you can get that and the regular itch logo mask, if you so choose, as well as T-shirts and a bunch of other junk on our website on itchrocks.com. There's a link there for merchandise and anything that you purchase there helps support us in terms of uh, lightening the load, because as an independent podcast, there is not income here. There's only outgoing funds outcome (laughs) i don't know about outcome as the word i want to use there (laughs) one thank you to the fans that have already purchased our apparel we really do appreciate it big shout out to ronnie and pat and i hope i didn't miss any others that have sported our gear ronnie and pat showed us they look great in their shirts yes (laughs) we also have shirts and frankly we look great in them too um as would you if you purchased some so (laughs) I don't know if I look great anymore. I, I kind of shrunk mine just a little bit too much. <laughs> he, he dance warning when I, when I got mine. So here's, I'm going to tell a story real quick. I got mine the day of uh, AEW's rampage episode in Chicago, the big one. And I wanted to wear it. I'm like, I'm getting on camera wearing a knit shirt. And I did. You can go look up the first dance and see me if you look closely anyway. But it came that afternoon. I'm like, this shirt smells like shipping. I need to wash it before I go, but I don't have time or interest in drying it because Dan said that it will shrink. And so I had just enough time to wash and double air. I just air dried it for like an hour and a half, like no, no heat, nothing. Just rumble the thing around in there and it worked. And so, you know, if you go back and watch that episode, there's a big pink cutouts that's of CM Punk's name. And about four or five people to the right of that, if you look very closely just the right time, you'll see a dude in a shirt with an itch logo on it and a mask with an itch logo. I doubled down because I was going for maximum exposure. I was wondering where you you were because I was looking for you. So now I'll have to look a little bit closer. I'm there. Get yourself some itch gear and wear it to an AEW show. Take a screenshot of us that are pausing their TV to use a magnifying glass to look at the crowd are going to love our podcast. I did post a tweet that said free shirt to the first person who spots me, who points out, can find me and point me out. I'm not saying it's easy, but I am saying it can be done. All right. Well, now (laughs) they can't get a shirt. You just told them where you are. (laughs) I did tell them where I am, but they're going to have to, you know, get them. Screenshot. Photoshop, screenshot that bad boy, circle me, show me exactly where I'm at. That works. <laughs> and then they can have some resting itch face. 
Yeah, resting itch face for those who are always rocking beneath the mask. <laughs> I made that up. I noticed. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> uh, rock music is fun, y'all. We thank you for listening to us and experiencing it with us. Yes, this is a great time, and I wish we could do it uh, more permanently for you. So, you know, buy that apparel. That definitely would <laughs> It might help. Yeah, we've got so many ideas that if we had time and incentive to record more of, we would. So and that kind of thing would go a long way. And so that's why I'm throwing that out there. Yeah, because my regular job sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Dan wants this to be a full time job. I wasn't going to promise that much, but uh, (laughs) you're going to have to go elsewhere for that. But uh, <laughs> so if you don't want me sounding depressed uh, on each podcast recording, yeah, I'm just joking. <laughs> Buying our shirts makes Dan happier yes. and makes our episodes better. That's the lot. That's the logic we're using. <laughs> exactly. I'll take it. Good stuff. <laughs> well, thank you very much for listening to the Itch Podcast. My name is Dan. I'm Casey, and I'm Aaron. And until next time, rock on and wear a mask. If you enjoyed what you heard in this episode, please subscribe and tell a friend about the show. We've got plenty of links in the show notes to continue the conversation, including the episode's playlist. And you can interact with us on Twitter, Facebook, or through Gmail and itchrocks.com, all at itchrocks, I-T-C-H-R-O-C-K-S. It's funny you mentioned Shit's Creek. We just started watching that like a week or two ago, and we're already through a season and a half. You won't regret the rest of that either. That show just gets richer as it goes. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I heard. Um, well, we ended, we finally finished Orange is the New Black. And so we didn't really have anything else to watch. And we've heard a lot of good reviews about that. So we started watching it. Yeah, Our, there you go. First season was okay. I mean, there was always a funny part in each episode. Um, the second season, I, I had, I was crying at the fold the cheese. Uh <laughs> Yeah, the fold. How do you fold the cheese? You just fold just it. Fold it. <laughs> just if fold you say it. that one more fucking. If you say that one more time, <laughs> one more time. <laughs> I was I was crying. That that part had me rolling. Yeah, that show I think just gets funnier. It's um, like they're so ridiculous. The the characters. But it's are. so crazy that it was created by Eugene and Daniel Levy. Mm-hmm. You know that that they're really father and son. Right. I love Daniel Levy's character. Man. He is so fucking hilarious. <laughs> He's just the relationship between him and his sister is one of the funniest things on the whole series to me. When the, the number of times that they're both just like you, like anything, it's anytime anything happens, they're like you <laughs> gross. <laughs> like you guys are so posh. What the heck? <laughs> Calm down a little bit, but it's funny. Um, <laughs> This will all be cut and possibly and probably used shortcut as a, some kind of shortcut. TV, short, TV, <laughs> TV show episode, shortcut. TV episode shortcut. <laughs> the Edge recommends TV. Right. We'll, we'll use the small clip where we talk about Ted Lasso like a tiny bit with the cam call, and then we'll just do an extended cut. <laughs> no, no, I want. Well, I was gonna. I want. I want the whole the whole Ted Lasso thing in the episode. <laughs> because it's relevant it's just a weird sidetrack and i think that's kind of funny but when we're talking about some shit's creek but (laughs) this will probably have to get cut but that's okay speaking of shit's creek no i'm kidding